Tiffany, and you're listening to the Busy Bitch Podcast and Book Club. I'm a 20-something-year-old teacher that takes on way too much, but honestly, couldn't imagine life any other way. During COVID lockdown, I reconnected with my love of reading, but realized I have no one to talk to about these books. I read a bit of everything, so if you have almost no one to discuss books with, love to read, and read a wide variety of books, join me here each and every Do you guys ever have those nights where you just can't sleep? Well, I had three of those nights in a row. The first night, I just wasn't tired and couldn't fall asleep until four in the morning. The next night, I could fall asleep, but woke up after about two hours and couldn't get back to sleep. You would think at this point, my body would be so exhausted, it just need and want the sleep. But sadly, that didn't happen because the third night, was just as sleepless, and I didn't crash until sometime after 4.30 a.m. All three nights combined, I think I got about maybe 10, 12 hours of sleep. Needless to say, I had plenty of time to read Burn while cuddled in bed this week. This week's episode is going to be a bit different, though, than the others, because we finished an entire series! I always feel like I'm in this rush to finish a series because I have to know what happens. But then I get to the end and I'm so sad because it's over. But life will go on and I'll get sucked into another series and go through these same struggles again and again and again because that's just what I do to myself. So we are going to spend some time on Burn by Maya Banks and then take a few minutes to talk about the entire Breathless series. Now that I'm all done with my rambling, let's do this thing. Did you break it off or did he? He finally asks. I did. Want to tell me why? What happened, Josie? Her head popped up, her eyes flashing. You're what happened, Ash. You. Guys, that got me. I read that bit of the book over and over again. Can you imagine having someone walk into your life and then you know that bam, everything has changed because of that chance meeting in the park. Those what, two minutes between these two strangers? Their lives took a huge turn. Even with her thinking she'd never see this man again, she changed. Josie made huge changes in her life. Ash forced her to reflect on her relationship with Michael, and she realized that Ash was right. His first interaction with her in the park, he goes full out with what I consider a very passionate, impromptu speech. He tells her that if she wore his collar, she knows she belongs to him, and wouldn't hide that from anyone. She'd have absolutely no regrets, and she would know that it's not just a meaningless piece of jewelry because it would mean fucking everything. She went to talk to Michael about it and he didn't even notice that she wasn't wearing the collar. So it obviously didn't mean much to him and he admitted it. He admitted that 
it was just a game and she knew that she wanted more. She knew she wanted what Ash could give her. So she broke it off with Michael. And I have to wonder if she had plans of her own to try to find Ash. She admits that he is the reason she's not wearing it, but what would she have done if Ash wasn't so forceful about finding her? Shortly after that run-in in the park, Josie's life hits a rough patch. She's low on money and can't make rent, so she's forced to sell her family jewelry. That must be absolutely priceless to her. I can't imagine being in this situation. It has got to be such a tough choice for her. But really, is it is it much of a choice? She needs money, and I assume that's the only real thing worth of value, so it's either that or don't pay rent. I never thought I'd say these words, but thank goodness for Ash. And thank goodness he had some creepy stalker ideas and had her followed or else she might not have ever gotten that jewelry back. Now, even with that said, I'm still not down with having people be followed. I do still think it's pretty creepy and just because something good comes out of it doesn't make it okay. Oh, and once she figures out he had her followed, she is obviously not okay with it either. She is, well, very vocal about him having her followed and stalked, really. But she wants the jewelry back, so she goes to dinner with him. And during their dinner, she very effectively takes Ash down a few pegs. She makes him work for it and has a bit of a feisty side that I absolutely love. They start talking about some of the details of a possible relationship or what it would be like between them. She's pretty straightforward about what she wants or expects, like not sharing him with any other women, which I think is totally reasonable. I mean, I wouldn't want to share Ash either. Then they leave the evening with Josie taking some time to think it over and get back to Ash. Not only is it bad enough that she has no money, had to sell her mom's jewelry, been stalked, got her jewelry back through a well-meaning blackmail, but then she gets the crap beat out of her by Michael. I mean, can things get any worse? And what guy thinks, I want my woman back, but if she won't take me, then I'm gonna beat her up. And maybe that's a thing. It's not something someone goes in thinking. Maybe it's just spur of the moment when emotions are running high and when he's confronted with the idea of another man wanting and having what's his. Except Michael didn't think of Josie as his. At least not in the same sense that Ash would. There really is no reason to compare the two men. Even though Ash has some connections to dark and shady things... He obviously has some sort of moral code that he won't cross, and hurting a woman is definitely one of those things he would never, ever, ever do. And he understands her hesitation to start a relationship with him, but 
he effectively takes over her life and sweeps her into his. And from that point on, she lives with him. She paints and quickly creates a new routine. As much as I enjoyed getting caught up in Ash and Josie's story, I was so sad that there was mention of Gabe and Mia's wedding, and even of their honeymoon, but we didn't get to hear anything about it. And I know, these events would have totally taken over the book, but maybe Maya could have written like a companion novel for the series, because who wouldn't want to hear about them sneaking off during the reception to have a quickie out in the car, or all of their amazing orgasmic adventures during their honeymoon, but after their honeymoon, the group gets back together, and they all meet Josie, and of course, everyone is super nice and puts her at ease, which is great because if I were in Josie's shoes, I'd be super awkward about meeting Bethany. And she's totally right. I'd be imagining Ash fucking her. But of course, nothing can go smoothly for this group of friends. And they just happen to be eating at Michael's favorite, what, Sunday restaurant? Do real people have that? Do they have a place that they go? Same day every week? I don't know. Anyways, she slightly freaks and is worried Ash did something, which, I mean, he did, so justifiable that she'd be freaking out. And her worry isn't uncalled for. They uh, work through, though, and move on quickly. Now, Ash and Josie... They have some great sex. It's definitely something we need to talk about. Like, not only is the sex great, and the connection between the two is phenomenal, but they also talk about some really important things. Like, how a lot of women... I'd even go to say that most women need clitoral stimulation to come. There is nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you that again in case you're one of the women out there that need to hear it. There's nothing wrong with you. Touch yourself. Have him touch you. It's good. What is wrong is the fact that this isn't a super well-known fact. Not among women or men. And for some reason, us women, we're like ashamed or bashful about admitting that we need it. Honestly, This is something that should be taught right alongside with how to put a condom on. I don't know when sex ed went downhill and started shaming the idea of sex, but totally not for that. We should be teaching that sex should feel good for both people involved. And, or, you know, in Ash and Jace's situation, all three people involved. And... This is how to do it safely and responsibly. Not saying we should go out and tell high schoolers to go fuck whoever they want, anybody and everybody with two legs, but let's be real about this. If they're going to have sex, they're going to do it. No matter how much we tell them it's bad or how many pictures of genitals with STDs we show them. So we may as well teach them the right stuff. Alright, stepping off that soapbox for now and back to Ash and Josie. He really does 
take great care of her in, in everything he does from breakfast in bed to showering her, which I know I've said before, but I freaking love that to the mind blowing sex to buying her paintings So she feels self-sufficient. Now I want to talk about their sexy times a bit more before jumping into the last one. Josie is fairly well-versed in having sex with a dominant man. Yes, before that man was just playing at it, but she doesn't need to be warmed up to the idea or introduced to it, which was good because Ash likes hard, rough, tire-up, cropper ass and fuck her sex. And well, if that doesn't get you off, then have no fear. You just have to keep on reading until one of the times they had slow and sweet, sweet sex. Because no matter how they're doing it, it is oh so good to me. Especially their drunk sex after the club. Once again, proving my stance. That drunk sex is the best sex. And... I'm so glad that all the girls got together to drink, dance, and have fun. Everyone, everyone needs a good group of girls as their go-to. And then at the end of the night, you leave them, you go home to your man, and you get some drunk sex of your own. And I feel like Ash was looking forward to this night since he found out she couldn't hold her alcohol. I think she mentioned that during the dinner in what, chapter six? This poor guy, he has heard all about Gabe and Jace's experiences after girls' night out. And now it is his turn. And I'd say that he thoroughly enjoyed himself. So, just like all men, all people really, Ash fucks up from time to time. I think it's good to know that even in these books, the men aren't perfect just like in real life so his main fuck up is really done out of love for her he wants to make sure that she's taken care of so he starts buying her paintings without any thought to the possible blowback of this choice and once he starts it's not like he can stop buying them plus she's so excited and proud that they're really isn't a good way to break the news to her. And unfortunately, she finds the paintings while Ash is at work. And of course, he's completely caught off guard by her swiftly moving out and, and needing space from him. At this point, I really feel for Ash. Yeah, he fucked up, but... I get his side of it. He's not doing it to upset her. He's not doing it to save his own ass, you know? He he was just trying to do right by her. But I also understand Josie's need for space. She felt deceived and in her mind. Her her self-worth went plummeting. I I wonder how she would have taken it if he could have broken the news to her himself. But that's not how it went down, and that's something we will never know. And it works out this way because Josie learns that she has friends. 
Yes, they might be Ash's friends, but they're her friends too and totally down to eat, drink, and talk shit about how he fucked up. Plus, they helped her talk through things and in the end, she realizes she wants to work things out with Ash. But before they can do that, that stupid asshole Charles Willis is back in the story. Will this guy ever leave them the fuck alone? I mean, by the end of it, we know he does. He doesn't have another choice because, you know, he's dead. But even if this didn't play out that way, I hope he would have left them alone anyways. Because he's fucked with them enough. (sighs) So Josie thinks the men watching her are ashes, but really, they're Charles. And once again, she's on the floor in her own home with the crap beat out of her. Honestly, this girl, she needs to get the fuck out of that apartment. It's the only place where she's in a whole lot of pain. Of course, she struggles to call Ash. He shows up. They call the ambulance. They get her to the hospital and... It's then in the hospital that Gabe is confronted with his worst nightmare yet again. It's like that night is just slowly playing EP in his life. Oh, and to make the situation even better, Jace is there too. Because who doesn't want to see their little sister tied to a coffee table with a cock, you know, getting shoved in her mouth? And poor Mia. She's already had Ash rescue her. Can you hear my air quotes? From that bondage experience at Gabe's before they were out. And now they see her naked in bondage again. Of course, Ash and his dark past has decided that gonna take care of the problem and honestly thank fuck that Charles is mixed up with some bad people and Ash can take care of the problem without really getting any blood on his hands. Overall I deeply love this book. There's just so much I can talk about and I know I know I'm leaving out some huge things like Brittany and Ash's you know, blood family and how Ash and Jace and their brides-to-be are sharing a wedding day, which I think is just a wee bit weird. Like, you guys used to share women at the same time, and now you're sharing a wedding. Why? Even doing it one day after each other would be so much better. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking because they don't have much family but I don't know I really enjoyed having my own wedding day right like this is mine and my husband's day everybody's here because of me even if I only wanted five people they're only there because of me and my husband anyways tonight I'm drinking my favorite WTC's and I happily give burn by Maya Banks four out of five WTCs. So, 
before I tell you our next book and let you go, I want to sort of wrap things up with this series. Let's just say that I loved it so much more than I ever expected. I think it's so hard to create a series and have each book be able to stand alone and for them all to be great which Maya Banks did flawlessly. Yes, some of the books are better than others in my opinion, but that's gonna happen no matter what. Plus, she had some themes continue through her entire series, like family. Family doesn't have to be the people that are blood related to you. You can have family that you can choose to surround yourself with too, or instead of those blood jerks. And, and each of the men had to deal with family stuff. Gabe was worried how Jace would react to him having a relationship with Mia. Jace had to deal with Bethany's brother, Jack. And well, Ash has a whole lot of fucked up family that he dealt with constantly. Also, none of the three men are used to the word no. They take what they want when they want. But they are all very very clear about needing and wanting the consent from women before having sex with them. Obviously, Gabe takes this to an extreme level with his contract, but Jace and Ash get this consent from their respective women as well, like in Burn, when he tells her he was trying to be patient but just can't, and he needs her, he wants her to tell him, but she doesn't use her words, she uses her body, and he stops, tells her to tell him. He even says in chapter 12, tell me you're with me, Josie. I want to hear you say it. So there's no doubt that this is what you want. As much as I want you, as much as I have to have you, if you're not with me, this stops now. And I think that's so powerful. This man that has all the power is still needing consent from her. And that's how easy it is. Just because she's in your bed, just because you rescued her or helped her, just because she kisses you, just because her body reacts to yours, doesn't mean she consents. Her words are her consent. And I think the main takeaway from this series is for you not to be ashamed of what you like sexually and to embrace your kink. I don't think I could say that enough. Now, we've read four sexually charged books. Well, one sec. All of Maya's were great. And I think it's time to switch things up a bit. So up next, we are dipping our toes into the YA or young adult genre with Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. Dessen has been an author I read off and on since high school. One of my sisters actually recommended her to me. I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And I can always count on her to have written a solid book filled with some teenage drama and problems. Plus, this book is fairly short, so it's a good one-weeker. 
So I'll be back next week to go over it. Oh, and exciting news right here. Check out our Insta at BusyBitchPod. And until next time, happy reading. and podcast image was created, recorded, and edited by me, Tiffany. Music is Voxel Revolution by Kevin McLeod.